stand in grace. God's favor cannot be earned. We, we need to stand in grace because we cannot earn God's favor. Grace is God's unmerited, undeserved favor given to each one of us to bring us into right relationship with him through justification. Wow. Meaning our sins are forgiven. Meaning we ha- are children of God. And so we have to stand in this relationship. Now, we're going over the whole book of Galatians tonight. So hold on to your seats. Now, I want you to know that um, Paul wrote these letters to be read in the congregation. Did you know that? And he wrote them to be read in the congregation in a whole. So uh, we're not going to read the whole book, but we're going to read most of the book. And we're going to be starting in Galatians uh, chapter 1, of course. And so if you got your Bibles, you want to get out and follow along, um, obviously you're going to be able to follow along on the screen as well. Those are some things we're going to be looking for. If it's green, that's important, so pay attention. Uh, We're going to start in Galatians chapter 1, verse 3. Again, Galatians chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. And I'm going to read a large section and then, um, and try not to make a lot of comments as I read. And then at the end, I'll make some more, make some comments. So here we go. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you so quickly deserting him who calls you in the grace of Christ, and you are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel, contrary to the one that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we said before, and so now we say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel, contrary to the one you've received, let him be accursed. For I am now seeking the approval, for am I now seeking the approval of man? Or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Now we jump down to Galatians 2.15. It says, We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So also we so also have believed. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus. In order that being justified by what? Faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because the works of the law, no one will be what? Justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we were to, we too were found to be sinners. Is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is, not, it, is, <clears throat> it is no longer I who live, 
but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I, I pray that this is the motto for each one of your lives. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Galatians 3. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus was perfectly portrayed as, as crucified. Let me ask you, ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, you are now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by the hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteous, righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in you shall the nation, all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Galatians 3.10 says, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law, and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the course of the law by becoming a course for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Jump down to verse 21 of 3. It says, Is the law been contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if the law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming of faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now faith has come and we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many as you were baptized into Christ, you into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. 
And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offsprings, heirs according to the promise. Chapter 4. I mean, an heir, as long as I, he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he's the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until this day sent by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God, inheriting all that God has for you. Galatians 5, 1 says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. We've been set free to be sons of God, and we are to stand in our freedom. Look, Paul says, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. If you, if you accept to, to live by the law, Christ will be of no advantage to you. If you, if you decide to live by your own merit and your own your own righteousness, Christ is of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts this, accepts circumcision, that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are, a, you are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace, for through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. Only faith working through love. For if you were called, for you were called the freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is filled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I have warned you before, that those who do such things will not 
inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Galatians 6, 6 says, Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with, every, with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows in his own flesh will weep, will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows in the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then we have an opportunity. Let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith, seeing with what large letters I am writing to you, with my own hand, Paul says. It is those it is those who want to make a good show in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, who would force you to, to be try to be justified by the works of the law. And, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who circumcise do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast in but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation that God has made each one of us. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me to stumble, for I bear on my body the mark of Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. The word of the Lord. So here in summary, we have this idea of standing in grace, not in the law of your own merit. You see, they thought that if they had to be good Christians that they needed to, to keep the law. And especially the law, uh, the sacro, uh, cer ceremonial law, circumcision, the Sabbath, uh, kosher food laws. And Paul's saying this is all backwards. Christ came to fulfill the law. It is in Christ that we have our standing. And so when I just would like to encourage each one of you to stand in God's grace. That means that you do not have to earn God's favor. And that when you do things for God, you do them in relationship with God, in response to God's love, not to earn some credits with God. Stand in grace. So how do we stand in grace? How do we do this? And it's not only just standing, it's positional, but it's also moving in grace. 
So standing in grace is, first off, we recognize that it is by faith that we are saved. And that, not of ourselves, it is a gift of God, least anyone should boast. Right? We know that one. For by grace you have been saved, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, least any man should boast. Or Titus uh, 3, 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. So we know that the work of salvation is God's work, and it's God's favor. So we stand in grace, A, by recognizing that. B, we stand in grace by engaging the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day life. He's with us. We are his temple. He lives in us. So we talk to him about taking out the trash. We talk to him about getting up in the morning. We talk to him and engage him just like if he was living there and he was our roommate. This is how we engage in relationship with God. This is what he wants. We don't ignore him for weeks on end. Not that that changes his favor, but if we aren't walking with him and if we aren't in step with him, then we're going to be doing the things that we want to (laughs) do rather than the things that he wants to do. So it just comes from being consciously aware of the Holy Spirit walking in our lives and wanting relationship with us in the mundane. And you know what? If you can exercise the presence of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit in the mundane, then when a trial comes, when the, the, the weight of the world comes crashing down upon you, you will be disciplined to say God is here. And you will recall... Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you are preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And my cup is running over because I know that you are with me. But if you're not practicing him being with you in the mundane moments, in the crisis moments, you will not be able to know and feel that he is there. And I would encourage you, we stand in grace, we practice the presence of Christ, the presence of the Spirit in the mundane. And when we practice Him in the mundane, that is when the fruit of the Spirit is manifested, shown in our lives. And this isn't a, a, a thing that each of us can do, is just to have a relationship with God. How you here has relationship? We all have relationship. And so we all just need to engage intentionally in our relationship with God. That's the work, to believe in Jesus and to engage him in that relationship. And as we engage him in that relationship, as we walk in the spirit through relationship, embracing our identity in Christ, we are changed. We are transformed. We are made into that new creation. Does it happen immediately? No. It takes time. And and what do we boast in? Paul says we boast in one thing, and that is the cross. We boast in the cross. We boast in grace. God loves me. (laughs) Oh, well, 
If God is for me, then who can be against me? That's a boast, and it's a good one. It's a true one. And knowing those truths and boasting in the cross when we feel tempted to be pulled down, when, when the enemy comes out as we step in and walk with the Spirit by saying, Christ has paid for that. Christ is sufficient. God is for me because Christ has died for me. Be gone. I submit myself to you, Father God. And I resist the enemy, and he will flee from you. We walk in the Spirit through relationship, embracing our identity in Christ. Here, Galatians, a big one, is sons of God through faith, right? In which the Spirit cries in your heart, Abba, Father. So I just encourage you, walk in the Spirit, in the mundane. Bring him in to your mundane. Have your mind do that. Don't let it just check out or thinking about the weather and not him. Think about the weather, fine, but talk to him about it. Think about your aches and pains. Trust me, I do. Talk to him about them. Think about the lack of your aches and pains. Praise him for them. But engage him in the mundane. Stand in the freedom. Stand in the grace that God has given you. Don't, don't try to own God's favor based on your own merit. It will never, ever work. Let's pray. Father God, we praise you. We thank you that your grace is enough and that we can stand in your grace and, and stand in your love knowing that your cross has covered and your resurrection is bringing life to all mortal bodies. And we trust in that. We have faith in that. And that is what brings the hope of righteousness into our lives. And we recognize that now and lean into walking and being in relationship with you. In Jesus' name.